0: Between 1950 and 1964, only 6,000 Korean students were allowed into the United States for college. Of that small number, one of them, named Ye ho went to Lawrence. Lawrence, as it turned out, was lucky to have him. Throughout his storied life, Ye was an artist, minister, philanthropist, and anti-war activist, often all at the same time. My name is Ressa Kruba, and I'll be telling the story of Ye Yoon ho Before we begin, I'd like to thank Gretchen Revy, Aaron Dix, Andrew McSorley, Arno Damaro, David Burke, the Lawrence University Archives, and the Lawrence University Library. Now, let's get started. Ye Yun-ho was born in Korea in 1919, and despite his parents' desires for him to be a teacher, he showed an early affinity for drawing and painting. Ye also became a Presbyterian at the age of 16, and his deep faith would influence much of his adult life. For the first 25 years of Ye's life, Korea was under imperial Japanese occupation. During the Second World War, Ye was jailed for two and a half years for membership in an anti-Japanese society. When the war ended and Ye was released, Korea was in ruins. The Japanese government had fled with no replacement, food was scarce, and societal conflict was brewing. Ye continued his work as an artist, but one event changed his life forever. While walking through Seoul, the capital of Korea, Ye noticed a group of starving orphans in an alleyway. Perhaps a regular person would have given them a bit of money or some food, but Ye wanted to do more. Always in tune with his faith, Ye decided to build a dump-heap church to house, feed, and teach the orphans his religion. As Ye got to work on his church, Korea began to enter the world stage as a battleground between two warring ideologies. Split into the communist north and the capitalist south by the 38th parallel, a war was brewing in Korea. Ye, however, had more important matters to attend to. By 1948, the church was almost complete. For funding, Yeh would dig for scrap metal and paint portraits for American soldiers stationed in bases nearby. One day, a reporter named George Fitch noticed Yeh digging through one of the dump heaps that he frequented. He wrote a story about the young minister, titled, Presbyterian in a Packing Case, which was featured in Time magazine. In the article, Yeh states that he needs $100 to complete his church, which is where his story with Lawrence University begins. Douglas Oglive, a high school student in Appleton, Wisconsin, was moved by the time story, so much so that he began sending letters and money to Ye. They corresponded frequently, and Oglet began to think of ways to help Ye with more than just money. He proposed, being from Appleton, that Ye attend Lawrence as a student. However, this was easier said than done. There was still a strict immigration ban on East Asians in America, though there was some leniency for those coming as students. Ye had to undergo an investigation by the U.S. Intelligence Corps and had to fill out 44 documents before he could immigrate. By the summer of 1950, everything was in order for Ye to head overseas. However, things had taken a turn for the worse in Korea. The Korean War had begun. The Northern Reds, as described by America at the time, fought a capitalist United Nations coalition. Yeh was forced to delay his trip. To go to the kingdom of heaven may be easier than going to your country for me. Yeh wrote to his friends in America. Yeh felt he was still needed in Korea as no one else would provide for the orphans. By this time, the church was done, so Yeh began looking for other ways to help. He settled on a hospital as he had recently gotten married to a doctor named Young Duk. During the construction, however, Yeh was detained by South Korean soldiers who thought he was a communist guerrilla. By the time of his arrest, the North Koreans were at the gates of Seoul. The coalition was forced to retreat, taking Yeh with them he left behind his wife and all that he had worked for without so much as a goodbye eventually the united nations pushed northward retaking seoul having proved that he was not a guerrilla ye rushed back to his church and the hospital they were both in poor condition 60% destroyed as he states it but his wife and the orphans were safe young duke had courageously kept working through the bombardments and bombing runs bringing medicine and supplies to the hospital regularly Yeh's work laid in ruins, and his dream of living in America was postponed once again. Throughout these years of struggle, Yeh painted for his friends in America. I intended to make them be my presence to my American friends who had helped me come to the United States, Yeh said of his work. He was not one to forget those who had helped him. With Seoul safe, Yeh and Duke went above and beyond in their efforts to rebuild, adding a school to what was now a small complex of buildings. Their operation was thriving with 90 regular students at the school. Volunteers had also begun to show up and do most of the work, which was what finally allowed Ye to set his sights on America again. He renewed the 44 documents and sped through his Intelligence Corps investigation. The young minister was finally on his way. In 1953, Ye reached America. Grinning from ear to ear, Ye shook the hands of O'Glive and his friends. The presence of a Korean in Appleton was certainly unique, as evidenced by the headlines of local newspapers proclaiming, YOUNG KOREAN REACHES CAMPUS AFTER THREE YEARS OF RED tape in all caps. While attending Lawrence, Ye focused on his artwork, developing a passion for painting slums. What had once been a necessity of circumstance became the focus of his art. He would eventually travel to New York and Chicago to continue painting. He also deepened his faith, noting that he planned to translate various religious texts into Korean. Ye felt right at home in America, though he disliked their practice of displaying risque magazines in storefronts, and thought Americans should pray a bit more. Despite Ye's good deeds, he has received little recognition for his efforts. Information on his life after Lawrence is scarce. However, it is doubtful that Ye was ever searching for fame and those who knew him, whether it be the orphans, those he preached to, or those who donated to his little church, will ever forget him. On a final note, I'd like to thank you, the listener. All sources used are displayed on my poster, as is one of Ye's paintings, so you can get an idea of his work. Once again, I thank you very, very much for listening.